Thank you for tuning in to Heroes of Hope with Evangelist Hagen Adams. Our desire is to evangelize the sinner, encourage the saint, and exalt the Savior as we hear from men of God who have given their life to share that blessed hope. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Heroes of Hope podcast. Sure appreciate you tuning in today and taking time to listen. And that is such an honor to me. Sorry, I haven't had a podcast out in a couple of weeks. Just been busy with a lot of things going on. So sorry about that. I know some of you have been anticipating a new podcast. And I'm so sorry about that. But hopefully you have had taken time to listen to the interview with Dr. Ken Graham. If you have not taken time to listen, I would certainly encourage you to do so. Go back and listen to that one as well as many of the other podcasts, they will be a blessing to you, but especially the one by the Graham. I believe it's one of my favorites. Personally, I've listened to it a couple of times myself, and it is just good, good stuff. And so I just really appreciate Brother Graham, certainly my hero in the faith, and he's my friend, and I just certainly appreciate him for all that he does and his influence in my life. And I know it'll be a blessing to you, especially if you're a preacher, or even if not a preacher, it will be a help and a blessing to you. I know that for sure. And so, but thank you so much for taking time to listen to this episode of this podcast. And if you have not shared it on Facebook, please make sure to do so. Go follow our page, Heroes of Hope, or Instagram. And I always post on there about any new podcasts that are coming out. So you'll be updated about the latest podcasts that come out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of those. Google Podcasts, you may listen. Any of those platforms you may listen, they will notify you when a new one comes out. So I just encourage you to take time to do that. And in the month of June, this is the first Monday in the month of June. So I'm going to take the month of June and do something a little bit different I haven't done yet so far on the podcast and hope it'll be a blessing to you. We're actually going to walk through the life of the man Abraham. Abraham or Abram is what he'll be today. And the Lord certainly changes his name as we get a little bit further in the story. And I may refer to him as Abram or to Abraham, but you will know who I'm referring to. And so we're going to walk through the life of Abraham. And obviously he was a hero of hope, if we could say it that way. Obviously this podcast is designed that we can listen and glean in from men of God that are in the present. And obviously they're heroes of the gospel, heroes of faith, and they're looking for that blessed hope, but also the men that have already passed on. And I believe if Abraham was not a hero of hope, a hero of the gospel, a hero of faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, God Almighty, the author of the word of God would not have placed him in there, and so I believe, obviously, he's the the father of the Israel nation, Hebrew, or of, uh, father of the of God's chosen people. And so I believe he, he plays a very important part in the Word of God and in history today. And so there's a lot we can learn from him and from his life. And so here through the month of June, we're just going to walk through his life and look at a few things, point out a few things we can find about the man named Abraham. So if you're driving, obviously you won't be able to turn in your Bible, but if you are not driving or anything of the nature, you can open your Bible to Genesis chapter number 11. Genesis chapter number 11, where we pick up uh, a man named Abraham. And we find him, uh, his very first time he's ever mentioned is in Genesis chapter 11, verse number 26. And it says, And Terah lived 70 years and beget Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And so we find here that that Abraham was born. We're going to find his childhood, and his father would have been a man by the name of Terah. And Abraham's father, Terah, would have been a man, a man that believed in God, a man that uh, was uh, called of God, I believe. And so uh, we get down to verse number 29. It says, And Abraham and Nahor took them wives in the name of Abraham's wife, Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, uh, Milcah, the daughter of uh, Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of uh, Iscah. 
And but verse 30 says, But Sarah was barren, and she had no child. And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah's, Sarai's, his wife-in-law, his son Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwell there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Here we find the story, uh, the very beginning of Abraham's childhood. He's born, he's born to his father Terah, and they, they've lived a while in the Ur of Chaldees. And then uh, I believe the Lord spoke to Terah and told him to move to the land of Canaan. And even in that day, the land of Canaan, I believe, flowed with milk and honey, just as it describes there in the book of Joshua and in the book of Numbers. But also, I believe in this current day as well, when Terah was still alive, it still flowed with milk and honey. It was a very prosperous land. It was a great place to live. And so I believe that God spoke to Terah and told him to go there. And so that's exactly what Terah intended to do. He packed up all his belongings, packed up his family, his two daughter-in-laws and his grandchildren and his and Lot and all of them. They take off for the land of Canaan. They're on their way to, to Canaan and they get to a land um, the land of uh, Haran. They came to under Haran and dwelt there. They made a pit stop in Haran, and but they just never got taken off again. If you could say it that way, they never took off. They never finished their trip. They just took a, if they will, they pulled off on the side of the interstate uh, for a for a rest stop. But they never got back going again. They were headed in the right direction, but they just never reached their destination. And so uh, they're there. And then we get into chapter number twelve. And the Lord comes to Abraham, and the Lord said unto, unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land that I will show thee. And obviously we would know that would be the land of Canaan, the land that his father was originally heading in that direction, but he got sidetracked. And let me just point this out real fast. Uh, God has something for each and every individual to do. We've talked about that before in the podcast. We've preached it. We've sing about it. We've heard it, and we podcasted it. I mean, we know that and every individual has something uh, designed by God for them to do. But if we fail to do so, if we fail to do what God has planned for us to do, God will use somebody else to take care of that task. And so I believe that that Terah here was headed in the right direction. He was he was headed to the land of Canaan, a good land, a prosperous land, a land that hit, that Abraham could grow his family. And but in the process, he got detoured, he got stopped, and so God had to finish that task with Abraham himself. And so if God has something for us to do, and God has uh, a job assigned to us, but we fail to do it, God may set us to the side and say, "Yeah, if you're not going to be obedient, if you're not going to be faithful, I can use somebody else to get that job done." So we have to be very careful that we stay in tune with God. We stay faithful to God, and we get accomplished what He wants us to accomplish in our life. And so Abraham takes off here in chapter twelve and verse one, and he goes and he begins to head to the land of Canaan, a land that that God would eventually show him. And verse two says, "And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing." And man, what a what a what a blessing that is! That God said, "Hey Abraham, you are going to be a blessing." As a matter of fact, Abraham and his seed is still being a blessing today as they are the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse the him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And of the lineage of, of Abraham and of the seed of David was Jesus Christ, our Savior, born on this earth. We find Abraham's call here in the verse portion of chapter number 12. But then we find Abraham's cry. 
Abraham's cry. And we get down in verse number seven, verse number six, I'm sorry. And Abraham passed through the land and the place of Shechem and the plain of Morah. And the Canaanites was then in the land. The Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. (coughs) Excuse me. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So here's Abraham, his childhood. He's grown up with his father. Uh, maybe as he was a young teenager, maybe he was in his 20s. I, we don't really know. But he marries a wife by the name of Sarai and his family takes off toward the land of Canaan. They leave Ur of the Chaldees. They leave those pagan nations, those false those false gods that they were uh, serving there in that land. They head to a land of Canaan, where the I believe God was blessing that place um, bountifully uh, each and every day. But all along the way, uh, Terah gets sidetracked. They pull off in Haran. They're there for a few years, and then God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I need you to finish the trip. I need you to pick up the baton where your father has dropped it and continue on to the land of Canaan. So Abraham, he gets his wife, he gets Lot, and they begin to finish that trip. And they head to Canaan, and they're on their way. They're they're getting close, and and God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a blessing. You're going to be the father of, of the nation of Israel. Man, I can only imagine the excitement that Abraham is experiencing, but he knows that his wife, Sarai is barren. We find that in chapter 11, verse 30. But Sarai was barren and she had no children. And so along the way, they're traveling and uh, he pulls off to the side and he builds an altar multiple times and begins to worship the Lord and cry unto the Lord. And we ought to have those times in our life as well. When God, when God calls us to do something, we ought to set sail and do that. But not only that, but we ought to have times in our life where we not, may not build an altar as Abraham would have done. Obviously, we don't we don't do that today as Abraham did. But at the same time, there ought to be something in our life where we take time each and every day and get before God, such as Abraham did when he built this altar. Abraham got on his face before God and said, God, I'm serious about serving you. I'm serious about this call you placed on my life. I'm serious about these things. And that's exactly what Abraham was doing. And then we find in and not only that, but he, after he does that, we find in verse number nine of chapter 12, and Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south, and there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. So we find Abraham's childhood, we find Abraham's call, Abraham's cry, but now we find Abraham's carnality, his carnality. He was doing so well. He was doing uh, such a great, great job um, as serving the Lord, following the Lord such as many of us do, but sometimes along the way, we get a little bit sidetracked and our the, our old flesh, our old nature, the old man side of us begins to well up, begins to grow. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a state of carnality, just like Abraham did. And Abraham was called the friend of God, the friend of God. I want you to think about that statement. Abraham was the friend of God. Now, if we have friends today, uh, there are people that may be my friend, but I'm not their friend. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I may be, they may be my friend, but I may not be their friend. A friendship uh, takes, um, it, it comes from both sides. For, for instance, uh, to be a friend in Proverbs 17, 7 says, a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. That's the definition or equality. 
excuse me, of a friend, someone who loveth at all times. And I know this, there are people that I don't love all the time. And sometimes I hate to admit it, but there are times in my life when I fail to love God, like I ought to love God. So therefore, I am not always God's friend, but I am thankful that God always, always, always loves me. He's always my friend, but sometimes I fail to be his friend. Not only that, a friend, uh, he sticketh closer than a brother. We have a friend that's closer than a brother, and that's Jesus Christ. He's always close to us. Anytime we put distance in our relationship, it's not because God moved, it's because we moved. And we allow that carnality to well up, or our flesh to well up, and we begin to distance ourselves, our relationship from God. We begin to pull away from Him. We begin to, we fail to love Him like we should. And that's exactly what happened. But Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. What a testimony that he it was for Abraham to be called the friend of God. And there in the book of of James, and so Abraham goes down to the land of Egypt, and he 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 begins to do some things that he should never have done. He did some things because of fear. I can only imagine he was going into Egypt. Uh, the maybe the the fear of him not being an Egyptian and going into that place. But he he begins to lie and told Sarah his his wife, "Hey, I want you to." Pretend to be my sister. Pretend to be my sister, and uh, don't tell them <coughs> that you are my wife, or they'll they'll kill me. And he was because of fear. He began to lie. He also began to be deceptive and some things. And that's what when we become carnal, we begin to do things that are out of our character that we would normally never do. But we, when we allow the flesh and the devil and the soul, the old nature that we have living inside of us still, we, when we allow him to rule our life, we begin to do things that we should never have do. But when we're led by the Holy Spirit of God, we can do things in his power and his strength that we would never do as well. We can have uh, we can have boldness and we can have um, confidence in Jesus Christ and the Lord that we would normally not have. But then we find after he goes through his his carnal season, if you will, in life, where he he's down there in Egypt, and he and I believe when he leaves Egypt, this is when he picks up uh, Hagar, the Egyptian bondwoman, which later he would have a son by by the name of Ishmael, and uh, he he picks her up there. So we find he he made some mistakes, obviously, in going to Egypt. But then we find his uh, number four. We find when Abraham comes to his senses, comes to his senses, he he meets with Pharaoh the the king there of Egypt, and he says, why didn't you tell me that this was your wife? You lied to me. You told me this was your sister. And he tells him he needs to leave Egypt. And I can only imagine as he's walking out of Egypt, all the thoughts that are flooding his mind, thinking, what in the world have I done? What kind of mess have I got myself into that I would lie? I would be scared. I would be fearful. I'd be deceptive. I would do all of these things. I'd pick up this this bondwoman that I that I should not have by the name of Hagar. What what kind of mess have I got myself into? Just a few previous verses later, he was doing so great. He was following God's call. He was crying after God. He he, he remembers his childhood. And he picks up the baton that his father had laid down. Everything seemed to be going so well. Life was flowing smoothly. But how have I got myself into this carnal, carnal? Mess, and I don't know about you, but I find myself there sometimes. Everything's going great. I'm serving God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm handing out gospel tracts. Everything is just going fantastic. My Christian life is on fire. I mean, coming out of revival meetings or or at a missions conference, I've heard good preaching. I've heard good podcasts. Whatever, make good music. Everything is just going great. But then I find myself in a carnal state when I'm like, man, God, how in the world did I get here? Just a few days ago. Everything was going great. Everything was just fine. And now I find myself in a carnal mess. I'm serving the flesh. I'm serving 
whatever it may be. I'm, I'm looking after, I'm getting, I'm getting worried about money situation. I'm getting worried about this. I'm getting worried about that. I'm more concerned about me, me, me and my flesh and my desires than I am Jesus Christ and, and his will and his, uh, what I need to accomplish for him in my life. I don't know about you, but I get there sometimes. And so Abraham comes to his senses and as he's leaving Egypt, we find in chapter 13, verse number one, it says, Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. He, he returns to a place of Bethel, which is, uh, which is called the house of bread. The house of bread, even during this time of famine, he returns to the house of bread, which is there at Bethel. And what a powerful power ex- example that is, because even time, even times of famine in our physical life or in our physical life, we can always go back to the Lord because he is our house of bread. He always provides, he always takes care of us. And Abraham comes to his senses as he is leaving uh, the city of Egypt. And he says, man, I am missing Bethel. I'm missing the house of bread. I'm missing uh, my relationship with God. That's where the altar was that he had built, that he had cried unto God at just a few verses previous to this. He comes to his senses and he says, what in the world am I doing here? I've got to get back to the house of bread. And sometimes you and I as Christians uh, can do the same thing. We're, we're sailing along just fine, but something grabs our attention. Something gets on our mind. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a marital problem. Maybe it is, maybe it's a problem at school. Maybe we're in high school, college, whatever it may be. We get our eyes off on something else, homework or our, our job. We have to work every single day, taking care of our families. Something pulls our attention away from God and he gets pushed to the back burner. And when God gets pushed to the back burner in our life, the carnality of our own selves rises to the surface and we begin to make decisions that we ought not to make. We begin to do things that we ought not to do just like Abraham did. Even though he had the testimony that he was a friend of God, he still found himself in the same cycle that a lot of us Christians today find ourselves in. But maybe you're here and you're still stuck in that carnal state. You need to come to your senses and say, what in the world am I doing here? And I know I'm not where I need to be spiritually. I know I'm not where I used to be spiritually. And when if we've if there's been a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are right now, then you're backslidden. Let me say that again. If there was a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are right now, then you're backslidden. And you need to get right with God. You need to get right with Him. Say, God, I've messed up. I've been serving the flesh. I've been serving myself. And I'm not right with you. I'm not what I need to be. And we have to do that on a regular basis. Say, God, I'm sorry. I've failed you once again. I've messed up once again, and I need to come back to you. And that's exactly what Abraham does. He said, I've got to get out of Egypt. Egypt is always a picture of the world, a picture of sin. I've got to get out of this muck and this mire, and I've got to get back to the house of bread where I know you are, where the altar is that I used to pray and I used to sacrifice and worship you at. Maybe you need to do the same thing in life, and you need to get back to some things that you used to do that you haven't done in a while. You have a call of God on your life. You have cried unto the Lord. You've done all of these things. You remember your good childhood. Maybe you're in the state of carnality right now and you need to get back to where you used to be. But maybe you're listening today and you say, I'm not even sure what in the world you're talking about. I'm not sure about this carnality. I'm not sure about, uh, about Egypt and Bethel and all this. I'm new to this whole thing of, of Christianity. Maybe you're not even sure you're on your way to heaven. I would encourage you that you would take time uh, to, f- to find out, to have somebody answer your questions about this thing of eternity. 
I mean, it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. You say, I'm not even sure I'm going to heaven when I die. You need to get that figured out. You need to get that figured out. I'm sure you have questions, and I would be glad to help you if I could with any questions you may have. You can give me a phone call. You can shoot me a text on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you need to do, and I would be glad to help you with those questions. I'll give you my phone number. It's 479-903-0531. You say, I'm just not sure that if I was to die right now, today, I would spend an eternity in heaven. Maybe, maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you're just not living like you know you ought to live. Maybe on the outside, you look good. On the outside, you've got it all together. But down deep inside in your heart, you know you're not where you need to be spiritually. You know you're not right with God. You know that there was a time when you used to be closer to Him. You know you know, there's a time when you were at the house of bread. You were at Bethel all the time. But now you're starting to drift over into Egypt. But here's the thing. If you don't get the Egypt out of your life and get back to Bethel, it won't be long before you end up in Sodom. And we're going to deal with that next week. Next week, we're going to dive into chapter 13. I know we were in the first couple of verses. But if you don't get Egypt out of your life, it won't be long before you end up in Sodom. And in Sodom, people died. In Sodom, people were turned to salt. The results of Sodom was a wicked, wicked relationship between a father and his daughters. That we still have the offspring of that today. And throughout the Word of God, people had to deal with those that though that those people that were born of that relationship and what a wicked wicked thing and so if you don't get Egypt taken care of it won't be long before you end up in Sodom we're going to deal with that next week but I'm excited about this a little series we're going to do walking through the life of Abraham and here's the thing I don't know about you but I can relate to Abraham so very well because I find myself doing a lot of the same things Abraham does, not having faith in God when I need to, doubting God, not praying when I need to, drifting off into the world uh, to a certain degree like Abraham did, um, have my carnal flesh dwelling up and coming to the surface, all of those things I can relate so well to Abraham, and I'm sure that you can too. If you have any questions about your salvation, man, I'd be glad to help you with that if I could. And uh, But maybe you would say, man, I'm just like Abraham, and sometimes I drift off and I'm not what I need to be, but I want to get right with God. Maybe do that today. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. And make sure to tune in next week as we talk about the effect that Egypt had on Abraham and his family and the um, the things that transpired because Lot failed to get Egypt out of his life. And here's one more thing. Uh, I'm kind of getting into next week a little bit, but here's one more thing and I'll be done. Because of the decision that Abraham made to go down to Egypt when he was in his state of carnality, it affected Lot for the rest of his life. Think about that. Because Abraham made a decision to go down to Egypt in his state of carnality, Lot suffered for the rest of his life. His wife was turned to salt. His children were killed. The two that lived had a wicked relationship. All because one man by the name of Abraham, a friend of God, made the wrong decision. Hey, dad, listen to me. Uh, your decisions matter. They're going to affect your family. Hey, mom, listen to me. Your decisions, they matter. They're going to affect your family. Hey, teenager, listen to me. The decisions you make now are going to affect your future spouse. They're going to affect your future children. They affect your friends. Maybe you're a pastor listening. The decisions you make as a pastor affect your church. Every decision we make as an individual always affects somebody around us. And so Abraham made a decision that he thought was no big deal but it affected somebody greatly for all of their life. So be careful of the decisions that you make today and this week. We'll be back next week speaking of Abraham walking through his life. We're going to pick up a lot just a little bit here in chapter number 13. 
And I would encourage you to read chapter 13. Read Genesis chapter 13 so you can be familiar with it and make sure to tune back in next week. If you're not right with God, get right with him. If you're living in a state of carnality, man, confess that and get back to where you need to be. If you're not saved, I would encourage you. Call me, text me, ask me questions. I'll be glad to help you any way that I possibly can. Lord bless you. Have a great week.